0: I'm Sam Slater from Fun Calibre and today I've been joined by Chris Ford, Lead Manager of Smith & Williamson Artificial Intelligence Fund. Hi, Chris. Morning, Sam. And one area, obviously, at the moment where um, artificial intelligence is being used is healthcare, mm. um, particularly That's for analysing good. the data that we need to work out how to combat COVID-19. Um, do you know if and how it is being used in that way? Have you heard anything? Have you had updates from your companies, maybe?
1: AI has been really at the heart of this and we've seen, for example, actually at the very beginning of the outbreak, a company called Blue Dot, which is a um, private company, um, actually by using um, airline ticketing data and various other bits of not, not obvious information, if you like, um, was able to point to um, an outbreak of a virus in Wuhan um, at the end, uh, end of December last year, so well before the Chinese authority actually, authorities actually came public. And disclosed what was what was going on. So right from that point onwards, we've seen AI being uh, being at the uh, vanguard of not only identifying the um, uh, outbreaks as they occur, tracking the development of, of infection, but also now in the diagnosis and treatment of it, particularly in medical imaging, where various companies have launched uh, solutions for um, quickly diagnosing um, uh, those who have the uh, various symptoms of of uh, COVID-19 in hospital settings, companies such as Ping An Healthcare in China and Babylon Health here in the UK being very much in the vanguard of delivering healthcare solutions, not just to those who have coronavirus themselves, but also to the rest of the population that is now from health uh, professionals and maybe finding it more difficult to access primary care in the way that they would would normally. And then perhaps most importantly in the drug development and research process where obviously there's a huge global effort to look for a vaccine um, for covid is uh, well understood but the degree to which that's being enabled by um, AI platforms in a number of different ways companies like alphafold which is a, 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 a alphabet company so inside the same parents as google or Sensign here in the uk or Clarivate um, providing the data set the the data sets you know we're finding it all over the place I think when we when we um, when we come out of this, to the other side, as we will, um, population health is going to become a much more important component part of um, of healthcare provision globally. It's not any longer going to be seen to be the case that you are solely responsible for your own healthcare. There's going to be a kind of collective requirement in our view, and that, of course, is absolutely a data science um, issue. And so there, we see companies like United Health and Alphabet and also Apple um, uh, participating there, and then the companies like Hikvision, for example, who provide um, AI-enabled um, cameras for tracking people around the, um, as they move around um, buildings or in the, in the public realm. I think that something which uh, has been a, a big issue for AI has been the ethical dimension around AI, what people will tolerate um, in respect of the uh, delivery of AI platforms into their lives, and where various different cultures draw the line with regard to what's acceptable and what's not acceptable. And you know, I guess at one end of the of the of the um, spectrum lies China, stereotypically, with a much more kind of authoritarian view of AI, much greater state involvement in personal what we would consider in the West to be personal data, and a much greater desire to to, to capture much more data from people go about their everyday lives. On the other hand, you have maybe the European Union standing at the other end of the spectrum, with GDPR placing very similar, very significant limitations as to what can actually be done with data inside the European Union. And I think that the experience of, of COVID-19 really puts that very clearly on the table for discussion.
0: And do you think that COVID-19 could actually accelerate this change towards AI because Mm-mm. we now perhaps see the benefits more than we have done until now? Some of the barriers might actually come down.
1: I think, that's, I think that's definitely the case. And, you know, we see that in healthcare certainly, but I think we also see it in lots of other parts of people's lives. You know, we, we see, we've all been asked to change the way in which we live very significantly over the course of the last, uh, last couple of months. Um, we're probably all doing things differently. Um, we're probably all doing things that we've never done before and that we maybe had never particularly wanted to. And as we've been asked to do that, we've all gone away and tried to find the, the least disruptive and most uh, appropriate ways to cater to ourselves and our families. And in many cases, that has led us as consumers to not just deal with healthcare in a different way, but actually experience all kinds of different things in in ways that we have not previously had to. So for those who have never previously placed an order for groceries um, in an e-commerce context, you've probably done that in the last eight weeks. If you didn't have a Netflix or a Disney Plus subscription, you've probably got one now. If you haven't played a computer game for a long time, well, you've probably played an awful lot more of that kind of stuff over the course of the last last, last few months. And on the other the flip side, of course, is you know, you're probably not going to the cinema, you're not going to the theatre, you're not going to the pub. It's going to be interesting to see how many of these behavioural changes actually um, are remarkably persistent when actually people are able to go back out again. Um, and um, we suspect that not, all, not everything by any means, but uh, you know, some, some significant elements of, what, of the way in which we're now all leading our lives will be remarkably persistent at the point that we're all able to go out anyway. And um, so, yes, I, and, and many of those services and products that we're now engaging with are able to continue to function because of their reliance on artificially intelligent pat- platforms that makes them less reliant on human capital and people being in the office to provide those um, consumer services.
0: So that leads quite nicely on to a number of stocks in your portfolio that are actually benefiting from lockdown at the moment. That mm. includes Cardo, Netflix and Activision Blizzard, the video mm. game company. Could you perhaps talk us through how those particular companies use AI?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'll start with Cardo because I think it's one that will be you know, very familiar to, to many people here in the UK. And you know, they use AI all over their business. Um, you know, they use AI from using machine learning to to optimize their delivery routes on the on the fly. They use AI to create personalized stores for each consumer, so that your experience as a consumer will be different from my experience as a consumer. And the idea there is to make sure that we all have as as efficient and enjoyable experience as shopping can ever be. Um, but then, of course. All of their uh, pick and pack is done robotically. and All of those robots are, um, are uh, controlled using artificially intelligent platforms. And a huge amount of modeling is done in the background to help them continue to improve the management of their distribution centers. Um, and they do it art- using an AI platform and a virtual environment, of course, to ensure that once they do then roll that out in the real world, that those solutions actually work um, extremely, extremely well. And mistakes have been made in a virtual environment rather than a real world environment. So, Ricardo is a company which is, um, you know, has AI absolutely through to its core in our view, and we're just now beginning to think beyond what the opportunities in grocery might be for Ricardo to the opportunities in places things like um, dark kitchens for, for, for takeaway food or vertical farming or indeed in even in the automated automated vehicular world where the opportunity to use some of um, uh, Ricardo's route planning um, uh, and distribution management. Um, uh, a soft uh, platform uh, in to allow automated vehicles to move around densely populated cities like London is, is quite an interesting leading-edge opportunity for the company to consider. So, you know, at the moment, obviously, Ocado is benefiting from the e-commerce trade and grocery, but actually we think what's being demonstrated here is the viability of the platform. The question for us is how broad can that platform can become over the course of the next few years. For Netflix... Um, Uh, it's uh, it's a company which can really do what it does because of the um, use of the artificially intelligent platforms upon which it stands. AI AI is used in Netflix in the first instance um, in the way that we all engage with uh, Netflix's uh, content. So the way in which content is recommended to you, the way in which content is um, presented to you will be almost entirely dependent on your behavior in engaging with all the previous content that you've engaged with on Netflix even to the point that the same piece of content might be presented very differently uh, to two different consumers. So, for example, um, if you're watching um, Pulp Fiction uh, and you've previously watched um, a load of um films, then you'll be uh, presented a, uh, a picture of um, the leading actress um, on, the, um, on the kind of front page. On the other hand, if you've spent the last six months watching gangster movies, then you'll have a picture of Don Travolta and some of the male actors, and so the way it's not just specific specific content; it's the way the the content is personalised for you. And of course, if the per- content is personalised uh, well, then it makes you much more likely to engage on that piece of content rather than rather than rather than some other. But of course, as a function of that understanding of the audience, Netflix has a um, a very keen understanding of not just how the content will be engaged with in its existing um, uh, state, but also how new content can be and should be provided to audiences uh, to take account of uh, trending um, changes in, in audience space. And so, um, uh, you know, and because they control such a lot of their own content production, they can very quickly um, put into the market uh, content um, which caters to a particular, perhaps even relatively transient, taste in the market, which because of the lead times for other content producers would be very difficult for them to taste to. Um, and then without going into too much te- technical detail, there's also a huge amount of AI which sits in the background at Netflix which um, allows them to deliver the content to you in a really efficient manner so that you don't have the horrible little kind of thing going round and round in the middle of your screen while while the next piece of um, piece of content buffers. And they do that with some very powerful network management AI, which sits in the background, which none of us ever kind of engage. i think about when we're we looking at the content, but which is really critical to the overall user experience of Netflix. And so, gaming has been absolutely kind of identified with with AI for a long period of time. And and Activision and EA and Ubisoft, all of these companies, you know, use AI within their games in a number of different ways, most notably and, and long-standingly, I suppose, in respect of the creation of the um, opponents with whom you might be fighting a battle or, or competing with inside the game itself. So AI is is absolutely at the heart of what allows um, computer gaming to be, um, be, uh, to be enjoyable. Something which has changed a little bit, though, as a result of the trend towards massively multiplayer online games over the course of the past few years has been that um, the requirement to find ways to bring disparate groups of people to compete in online games in the same um, space, virtual <laughs> space, has become, uh, you know, again, a key feature. You know, if you are a relative beginner to a game, the last thing you want to do is find yourself playing with people who've been playing the game for five years and you just get killed immediately. And so some of the AI, which is developed now by Activision and others, is all about player matching and making sure that you have the right experience in game, again, like Netflix, it's all about driving consumer um, engagement, and the more engaged you can you can you can allow uh, consumers to be by giving them the best experience, and then the most enjoyable experience, you can have the more likely they are to spend time in the game.
0: And one of the criticisms of AI that I've heard is that it sometimes human emotion is actually quite necessary to make decisions about things so um, I attended a conference before lockdown where someone was saying that there's the obvious example of where sat can sometimes make drivers drive into mm. a river because it doesn't know that a bridge has moved or something um, but there were other examples of where they were talking about automated driving and until recently they'd had the AI doing the brunt of the work and then left it to the human to intervene if there was an emergency, but actually it was the wrong way around mm. because humans are terrible in emergencies, Very they don't react enough, etc. Whereas the AI does, so mm. they were talking about reversing it so that you would have a human doing most things, but the AI kicked in earlier to avoid accidents, and they had some brilliant video showing how this was possible um and also in the justice system i believe where um they were using ai to uh predict whether a criminal was likely to commit crimes again in the future and things but you had to have a judge actually step in and look at the nuances a bit more so from an investment point of view how early would you get involved in companies using ai because there would obviously be some of these risks Mm. or do you kind of get involved once the AI has been thoroughly tested, etc.? How does that work?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's partly of necessity. You know, our fund is a fund that invests only in publicly quoted businesses. And so one of the uh, kind of necessities of that is that um, we are of our own nature investing in things which to some extent have already been proven because if it's already being done in a public context, then, it's already gone quite a long way. In the private market, I think there are very significant risks of um, backing the wrong horse, if you like, and backing an early stage technology, which um, doesn't end up being, um, uh, being productive. But I think what you highlight is, is very much a feature of, of the AI space and something which I find extremely exciting. And that is that um, you know, we've already talked a little bit about you know, some of the ways in which AI is already embedded in our lives today and, and how we're engaging with it. But, you know, we are absolutely in the foothills, you know, for everything that we engage with today, we can all imagine that the 10, 20, 50 different, better engagements with AI over the course of the next few years. So... I think it's 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 appropriate that for every person who is minded to say, "Isn't it brilliant that Tesla that you can you can drive your Tesla in an automated um, fashion down the highway in California?" There's somebody else that's prepared to say, but "Hang on a second, we shouldn't be doing that because these are the uh, these are the reasons because all of the reasons that are then outlined are the things that AI needs to now be um, uh, addressing next." And so I think that you know what you what you talk about here is the future opportunity from from AI, which um, you know I think if we had said um, thought to ourselves you know, 10, 15 years ago that we could engage with AI in the way that we now do in such a relatively short period of time, um, our, our prior selves would have been shocked to discover what's been delivered in such a relatively short period. You know, We tend as humans to underestimate what can be, overestimate what can be delivered in a very short period of time, but very significantly underestimate what can be delivered and achieved uh, in a slightly longer period of time. And I think that's really what we're seeing with, with, with the AI space. Um, uh, you know, it's extraordinary that there are cars at all that can drive all the way across the United States without human, any any human intervention. Um, it's a shame that we can't all use the technology today because it's not yet ready. But isn't it great that we're in a position that we can think that we might be able to in the course of the next 10 years? The other, uh, you know, the, interest, the um, issue that you mentioned, you brought up in the justice space is an interesting one. You know, AI is definitely going to be used in, in the, the um, uh, world's policing and enforcement and justice over the course of the next uh, next decades um at, you know, we are not interested at the moment in um, in the use of AI we have no um, uh, position in the portfolio that looks to use AI to arbitrate on um, sing- single handedly on um, uh, uh, issues of um, justice and its, its implementation um but it's unquest- it is also the case if you look elsewhere in the justice system AI, artificial intelligence platforms are being used to do very significant amounts of heavy lifting ahead of um, uh, in the prep in the course of preparing for um, uh, cases um in front of the courts um so sifting through huge amounts of um, of, uh, of of, of uh, uh, data uh, pertinent to a particular case doing kind of discovery work ahead of, of figuring out what's relevant what's not relevant um so, And that's very considerably cutting costs to consumers, cutting costs, of course, and making more efficient for the, lawyer, for the, for the lawyers themselves. But you know, keeping a lid on um, the uh, costs associated with sifting through what's relevant for a particular case is a very, very important consideration when data is now being captured in the uh, criminal justice system at a faster and faster rate, just as it is in any other part of life. So a company that we do invest in, for example, is a company called Axon. Um, technologies and Axon is a company which has the leading platform for the management of um, uh, evidence. Um, and they uh, provide um, first responders, not just police uh, forces, but also um, ambulance teams, um, uh, search and rescue and so on, with cameras that uh, capture image in real time, uh, feed that back over wireless networks to um, the central uh, central servers, and then allow you to sift through that data, manage that data in a much more um, uh, perspicacious and efficient manner than would be the case of you doing everything on paper. And that's important, of course, in um, the case of first responders because what we want is our human first responders to be out on the street using the judgment that you kind of mentioned earlier as to where they should and should not have been. We don't want to be giving that to the AI yet, but what we can use AI for is to allow those people not to be back at their desks, slavishly writing up reports, but we'd, we'd far rather you know, they were out there embedded in their communities. So, you know, it, 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 AI needs governing, but the fact that it needs governing is a quest is a a, a proposition that as humans we are fairly good at um, tacking. Um, we're good at putting regulation in place to ensure that things are done in the way that we want to and all of this is a part of making sure that the AI works in the in the best interest of the humans
0: That's brilliant stuff. Thank you very much, Chris. I could talk to you for hours about this. Um, anyway, thank you very much for your time That's. Um, fun, right? If uh, our listeners would like to find out more about the Smith & Williamson Artificial Intelligence Fund, please go to francalibre.com and please subscribe to the Investing on the Go podcast. Thank you very much. Please note that these are unprecedented times and markets can react very quickly to news. The views expressed are at the time of recording and could change. Please remember we've been discussing individual stocks to bring investing to life for you. It's not a recommendation to buy or to sell. The fund may or may not still hold these stocks at the time of your listening.